And a good day to you today. Thank you so much for joining me again on this episode of Focus on Fertility. I'm your host, Dale Bader. And today we're not going to be talking about uh, necessarily science and technology to help you with your fertility, but we're going to be talking about being healthier and hopefully that will help increase your fertility potential. We're going to be specifically talking about the keto diet. And we are blessed to have two special guests with us today, Chris Kissel here in studio and via phone, Dustin Schaefer. And Dustin is a former health and fitness professional with over a decade of experience coaching individuals on the ketogenic lifestyle. Dustin works with scientists and doctors who are leaders in researching the benefits of being in ketosis. And he is married and has two small children. And between him and his wife, they attest to the value of being in ketosis as it pertains to improving fertility. And another very special thing, and a special thank you, because both Dustin and his wife are former U.S. Marines. So Dustin, thank you so much for your service to our country. Hey, hey Dale, it's great to be on. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited about this call. Dustin, we want to learn a little bit more today about what the keto diet truly is. Now, my wife and I, we've dabbled a little bit around with uh, doing the diet. We've had some success, but you know, honestly, I, I don't know that we've been doing it totally the right way. And I know there's been a little bit more buzz around the keto diet. Some individuals are asking, well, what exactly is it? How does it work? So hopefully you can help guide us today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, what's exciting about the ketogenic diet is actually the most studied diet of all time. Um, it started back in the early 1900s, originally uh, studied for epileptic uh, children and uh, and what it is and now it's been it's not only the diets evolved but what it what it can help has evolved uh, quite extensively over nearly a, a hundred years and so what it is um, originally was an extremely high fat diet um, this is before we kind of got misunderstood about health and nutrition and and this is before they you know they didn't think that was bad which we now know is fat's not bad. Um, but uh, this was early on in the 1920s where they would they would have kids consume, up to 95% of their caloric intake from fat, from things like animal fat, butter, um, small amounts of vegetable fat, mostly came from animal fats, um, uh, uh, pork fats. And it was crazy. Like, this is what they would consume. And what happens is, is when you consume a very high-fat diet, then the carbs and protein would be very low. And they would have a very small amount of protein and almost no carbohydrates in their diet, sometimes as low as 5 grams, which is like, you know, <laughs> maybe a couple berries. Like, that's it. And what would happen is their body would use the fat from the food they're consuming, and it would convert it into something called ketones, which is the body's alternative fuel source um, when glucose isn't very prevalent in the blood. And this was a really powerful, uh, uh, I guess, a, a discovery because when they look back for thousands of years, this is actually how our ancestors lived. They rarely had food, barely had carbohydrates, and usually the ketones would come off their waistline and off their extra fat tissue. So the ketogenic diet is now a way for us to get in ketosis without starving um, our body completely using fat as the primary fuel source. And um, it did elevate your ketone levels, and it was very successful in treating children with, uh, with epilepsy um, and multiple other conditions that were at the time. And then since then, the ketogenic diet has been, um, has been molded and, and modified in certain capacities um, to still have major health benefits without being so extreme, because in, 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 in most cases, they'd have to lock them into a hospital room 
Um, and that's how they treated them. And they still do that today. There's still universities that actually lock people in rooms. I was just on a call with a young, young three-year-old that's being put in a room to induce them to ketogenic diet. Um, so that's still an extreme scenario, but there's a lot of modern day ways now for us. Um, and Dr. Atkins had a, a form of a ketogenic diet. He was a, quite close, but he was a little bit, uh, he, he was a little bit over proteined. Um, so Dr. Bullock and John Hopkins rewrote that book to modify Atkins. Um, we have a, a paleo, low carb paleo diet is another form of a, a ketogenic diet where it's a little bit more protein, still pretty low carb. And, um, and then what would happen is your body would then use your extra fat for fuel and that fat would turn into ketones, which is actually energy that provided your body with a, a very sustainable fuel. And it's actually really healthy, beneficial fuel that our body needs. So I'm interested in knowing, cause you mentioned that it was, related or, or the Atkins diet kind of was a similar keto diet, but not to an extent. Um, what would be advised as a, a, a good proportion of uh, protein compared to maybe what you're seeing with Atkins? Because I think more people are familiar probably with the name Atkins. Yeah, there's 30 million people that the Atkins diet, and, I, and there's maybe one that still does it today. So uh, it wasn't obviously a sustainable lifestyle. Um, so Protein is interesting because coming from a human performance background and then getting into more of the applications for extreme situations, um, you know, work, working and consulting with multiple health professionals and medical professionals, uh, the amount of protein is going to vary from individual to individual. And um, so if I always say if you're a world-class athlete, if you are a bodybuilder, if you're the extreme, I was a former recon marine, so we did things to the extreme, I would need more protein in my diet, maybe one to two grams of protein per body weight. So I would be consuming anywhere from 200 to 400 grams of protein a day, which is a lot of protein. And you actually, it's really hard to be in ketosis with that much protein because protein can actually uh, uh, slow down the ketogenic process. So what I tell most people is um, on average, you're looking anywhere from 15 to 25% of your caloric intake should be from protein. What does that look like? looks like this for most women in general most women i'm talking about the people that are not world-class athletes that are not they're not uh olympians that are not bodybuilders but general people that are just trying to live the best life they can um i would say most women would need about two decks of cards of protein a day meaning so that's really about 40 to 60 grams a day uh, on average uh, if you're a little bit more active or a little bit larger you might need a little bit more and then most men are going to do three to four decks of protein a day. That's kind of what a decks of carbs of protein. That's about what most people need. Different phases, different kinds of activity levels that might vary. But in general, that's my simple guidelines. It's for men, it's anywhere from usually, you know, let's say 90 grams to 150 grams a day on average for men. So that's usually a good starting point. And, and then, you, of course, long term, you have to find out what's best for you. But an overconsuming with protein shakes and excessive amounts of meat is not giving us the best health that we need. And I think right now, obviously, you go to every uh, health food store or go down the aisle at Walmart and you'll see all these protein shakes and all this uh, protein assistance bars here and there. And it's interesting to hear that maybe that's not the right way to go with things. And that uh, the question I think a lot of people are going to be questioning is, how does a lot of fat help and is that safe? Well, you know, it, it helps a lot, and and the reality is, is I'm gonna I'm gonna reuse a different word than a lot. Um, it's when I assess people's lifestyles, typically their fat intake actually is not far off from what they should be, and and so their fat might actually you might be eating the right amount of fat right now, 
we just needed to drop the carbs. And then what ends up happening is your body slips into ketosis naturally and maybe slide the protein down just a smidge. And now you don't crave the carbs anymore. And so when, when we talk about a high fat diet, it's a, there's a misconception out there is that because people will start to consume tons of it. Well, they maybe didn't need to change much. They might've already been on the right path. They just needed to make a little adjustment on their other macronutrients. So, um, but the truth is, is that when you look back at the uh, fat being considering bad and right now there's, I'm sure there's some of you listening to this podcast cringing when I'm talking about fat, it actually viscerally gives you a, an emotional reaction. Like, Oh, I can't eat that because we've been programmed um, to say that it's bad. We've been programmed to believe that butter is bad. And it, it is, it's, it's probably the single-handedly the biggest mistake we've made in the health of our country. Um, and this came back in the 1950s when Dr. Um, uh, a researcher by Ansel Keys um, basically fabricated a study around cholesterol and heart disease. And it is a complete fabrication. It is, it is not congruent to medical uh, science whatsoever. And Time Magazine took it on. It got into the media, and media became it became the new system, the new belief, with no scientific validity or backing. And by the time the machine got going, the marketing machine of fats bad got going, we couldn't back out of it fast enough. So then now we're here, what, 60 years later trying to fix it. And there's more research and more studies out there. There's still cardiologists out there that think fats bad. Um, one of my best friends I just did a podcast for, he's a cardiologist, and he and he did when I first met him. And now, 15 years later, he's he's a pretty much an advocate of low-carb, high-fat dieting. Um, and so, because he got educated and realized that they were taught wrong. And so, this idea of fats, bad. now there is fat out there that we want to be careful with, like trans fats or fats that have been altered. Um, but as a, as a rule of thumb, um, we need to have fat in our body for hormones, which we're, I think we're going to talk about. Uh, and, and there's actually some indicators, if you look at a low-fat diet, you, you see a significantly imbalance in hormones. And so uh, if fat is not high enough, we're, it's going to impact our, our body's natural hormonal production. And I think that's a great segue as to really knowing how does ketosis benefit us as a whole healthfully? And then you can translate that down to how does that pertain to fertility as well? Yeah. So what's really cool about ketosis is that, you know, once again, we were created to be a special I mean, we're, we're all special creatures and we're special humans. And we were created, our body was designed to heal itself, rejuvenate, revive and reproduce right and that's part of you know us as a species those of, of humans that want to you know repropriate and and expand us and so when you're in ketosis what's really interesting is your body works better when um you know as a recon marine i spent eight days without food and my body functioned better i was able to perform at a higher level and now granted there's a diminish in that you can't go forever without food but um the health benefits of ketones are very informed so number one is it, in, is it is it's vital for the brain. It's it's really important. It helps fuel the brain, especially when anytime you've had excessive amounts of carbohydrates, um, anytime that you've had any type of injury, um, it's really important for the brain. It, it helps with like relaxing your mind. It helps with giving your brain fuel so that you can focus and mental clarity. Ketones also help protect your muscle system from being broken down. So when people are trying all these fad diets, the ketogenic diet is not a fad diet. It's a it's a it's a lifestyle that has been built on science from our history of thousands of years of of us as humans. It's it's the most replicatable diet of what our ancestors would have went through, and it protects us from losing muscle mass. Also, ketones help with performance. So athletes like LeBron James did a ketogenic diet. Phil Mickelson did a ketogenic diet, and so athletes utilize ketones to perform better. But my mom, at 67 years old, 
she needs to perform better. She needs more strength. She needs more lean muscle mass. My mom wants that. So when you're in ketosis, your heart works better. You utilize less oxygen. All right, now we look over and we see the anti-inflammatory effect. Um, so the anti-inflammatory effect of ketones are powerful. So myself needing my knee re- knees replaced at 22 years old, I when I went into ketosis, it was because I had an autoimmune disorder and I was really, really messed up. But the anti-inflammatory effect of the diet allowed me to function, allowed me to live my life again. And and so there's a lot of components of why the ketogenic diet is so powerful um, and helping people improve health. And then we start talking about the hormone. I'm sorry, we have a little truck break that just got in front of me and I'm going to walk out back here. Um, but we got a really important uh, um, concept around how do we maximize health for hormones and how do we improve hormones. And so when your body's healthier, your body will naturally balance out its hormones more effectively. And what excites me the most about being in ketosis around the hormonal aspect is really my own story. Um, I was really ill in my 20s. I put myself back together using a ketogenic lifestyle. I was an extremist. Most people will not be able to maintain the ketogenic lifestyle long term. If we can even just get them to go a little bit lower carb, it's great. But we have some tools that we can help with, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but what, what was really exciting for me is as I went through my journey, I got my life back. I got my vitality back. I was able to function and live my life. Hadn't had kids yet, but I wanted to have kids when I was 20. And I just didn't meet the right person to have them with. And so now when, when I finally met my wife, um, we started to decide to have children. And, and for two years, uh, my wife and I kept getting pregnant, and we kept having miscarriages. And they were wearing down on the emotional side of my wife's health. Like she mentally was wearing down and the miscarriages were not an easy one. They were, we, we were anywhere from six weeks to 12 weeks in. We, you know, we were, expe- you know, we were planning, we had everything prepared and, and it happened. Um, and so it was a really interesting time for us. And now I always, I still maintain my lifestyle. My wife didn't choose to follow the low carb lifestyle that I had chosen and she loves food. She's a foodie. I finally found a doctor that, that had the same beliefs that I had because I knew the science behind it. I knew the benefits of it. And my wife, um, I got her to go to the doctor. And, of course, the doctor put her on the same diet that I did. And, of course, my wife would listen to the doctor, not me, <laughs> which is okay. And uh, it's very common. And so um, that's when we got pregnant with our son. And we have one of the, the most amazing little boys. Um, he's just, I mean, in every bit of the way, just a special. I mean, in every, every kid's special. And, of course, it's mine, so I'm little bias um we had our son and she got pregnant in ketosis and maintained that throughout her pregnancy um not to an extreme ketogenic diet but a very very low carb lifestyle and and it was really an eye-opener and throughout my career I've, i've worked with a lot of women that have had challenges with certain levels of fertility and in every case i moved them into a low carb lifestyle variations of a ketogenic diet based on what i can get people to do and what was interesting we had our son, and this is before we found exogenous ketones, the ability to drink ketones. Um, we had my son, and then we were getting ready to have our next daughter, or have our daughter, excuse me, and we are starting to prepare to have, have a baby. And my wife, she was going to lose her body fat. She was going to lose some of that baby weight so we, she could get prepared uh, to have our next baby. And um, I was literally gone for, <laughs> I think, 45 days. I went home for one day, and she got pregnant, once again in a state of ketosis. This time, she was actually drinking ketones and doing a low-carb variation diet and maintain that throughout our pregnancy. And, the, and with the drink, she was able to maintain less, less weight gain, less cravings, less mood swings, and she slept remarkably better um, with adding the exogenous ketones um, to 
the birth of our daughter and and now we're in preparations for our third and i would just say this is that when you look at the power of fat having fat in your diet is vital to hormonal production and that's why we're seeing people that are on low low fat diets in in some cases as they get older they're having some hormonal horrific hormonal hormonal problems and it's because you need fat to convert hormones it's actually really really you need cholesterol to convert hormones and this is a, this is a misconception in medicine Without it, you don't convert hormones effectively. The other thing that makes it so valuable for them is that it helps with regulations. Females have arguably 47 hormones at any given time going, going left and right and center at all times. Well, when you're in ketosis, it starts to create a, a little bit of synergy and balance amongst them. And then I think the other big factor that's really important is that when you're in ketosis, what ends up happening is everything else starts to work better. Your brain your stress levels are down, your mood is up, you're generally happier, you feel like you want to move more, but ultimately your body fat starts to drop down. And what we know is that if you have more body fat and it gets to a higher level, it actually starts to overload estrogen can be actually too high. Progesterone estrogen can create a, a ratio that's not effective for birth. And so this becomes a, 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 a continuous challenge because then doctors are now trying to prescribe hormones to create the balance, in reality, if we just make some additional lifestyle changes, um, it may balance itself out. We still may need the hormones, but it may not have to be to the same degree or same level sure. because of the body's now, it's create. I, I look at the body as a vessel and you're creating an environment for it to be successful and to birth the child in a more natural state based on how we, our ancestors did it for thousands and thousands of years. And so that's really our story. I've seen now a lot of females a lot of families come because of using ketogenic style techniques. It's, if it's uh, if it's low carb lifestyle, if it's modified Atkins, if it's using exogenous ketones with a modified low carb diet, we're now seeing healthy babies, happy moms, happy dads um, throughout the world now, and it's exciting to see. So I guess at this point, those of you that are listening are probably like, "Well, how do I get into ketosis? You know, this sounds great. Maybe this is a an avenue for me." So, Dustin. What are some tips on how that people can start maybe heading down in this direction? Well, the first tip is, is and, and I teach the ketogenic diet um, or style diet way different than most people. Um, and I, I'm not going to toot my horn too much, but I probably have the most experience outside of Atkins himself uh, in, in, in getting people into ketosis. Um, and so this, it's all about psychology. It's not about physiology. So, so you all know, um, it's about how we can get you to do what you want, like, how can we get you to do it and keep doing it so that you win? And so if you start Googling and reading, reading ketogenic dieting from online or from a lot of medical people, typically it doesn't last and it doesn't work long term. So this is what my recommendation is for all of you. And I, I don't want people to fail. I want people to win and succeed. So we can, we can always count our wins. So the first step is, is start to recognize where your excessive carbohydrates are going coming from. And just start being aware that you're eating them. Some people don't know that they eat what they even are. And I know that sounds kind of weird sometimes, but you're like, oh, I didn't know there was sugar in balsamic vinegar. So just becoming aware is step one. You're like, well, I don't mind ranch anyway. So you can eat the ranch, not the balsamic, and it's just less carbs. Where you didn't kind of care, but you didn't know either. So that step one is create awareness. Step two is, can you find what are your five most favorite meals that you love to eat the most? Like, what are the, your five go-tos? What are the things that you always go to? And then just type in keto lasagna or keto pizza or um you know we make some really cool like and on, on my facebook page i have a lot of recipes on there um keto desserts and you can find some really fun stuff where 
it's not changing your diet. It's just manipulating what you currently do into a low carb variation. So that's step one is becoming aware and just cutting your carbs down. Step two is to start to be con- Once you get your carbs down, what we don't want to do is increase your fat intake with your carbs high because you'll get fat and we don't want that. We want your carbs to go down first because that's really important. And then at that point, what you can start to do, because then psycho- like if you, if, you, if you mess that up, then you think it doesn't work and psychologically you get frustrated and then you quit and then you didn't stick with the power of what this is going to happen for you. So then step two is start recognizing that, you know, if you use butter, get grass-fed butter or butter from a grass-fed cow and start using a little bit of butter or olive oil or coconut oil to saute your vegetables. Um, use fattier meats than leaner meats. I've helped a lot of people lose weight by only switching from breast chicken breast to chicken thigh, and I've watched people shrink within three months. Because they needed that little extra fat, they actually ate less food because the chicken breast is actually, or chicken thigh is actually a lot smaller. They ate less calories, less food, but they felt more satiated because of the fat in the chicken thigh. Um, so those are the things is just make those subtle shifts where you just add a little bit of fat, not a ton, and just start recognizing that you can add, you want to add a little bit of fat to your, your vegetables. You want to lean more towards proteins. You want to lean more towards low carb vegetables. You can, you can find that in a lot of places, my website or my uh, social media. You can just Google, you know, the top 20 low carb vegetables and choose those more often. And, uh, and that's really the starting process. If we don't, I believe if we can't do those simple steps, typically we're never going to get far enough down the road because if we don't do the diet well enough, you, you kind of feel crappy on the diet if it's not done properly. And therefore then you end up just quitting anyway. So these little wins that you can start with is ultimately the guide to your success. And then I would say the last thing is, is, is drinking, you know, exogenous ketones, um, makes everything easier, meaning that you can give yourself the pure ketones um, so that you don't have to be perfect every day on your diet and you still get the benefits of what ketones can do to elevate your health and your life. Wonderful. Justin, this has been so informative, and I really believe that the listeners are going to gain a lot from this, and uh, hopefully those simple tips. Uh, evaluate your excessive carbs, the five most favorite meals. Try to transition those over to what makes sense in the low-carb format and intaking ketones in a liquid format on a daily basis could help get some individuals already moving down this path and in a quicker uh, process. Dustin, thank you so much for being with us today. And, folks, if you want additional information, we will have a link in the show notes to Dustin's Facebook page. As he mentioned, he has several tips as well as recipes and much more information available there. You can also visit Chris Kissel's website at keto, K-E-T-O, Kissel, K-I-S-S-E-L, Dot com, and we'll also have a link in the show notes there as well. Once again, Dustin, thank you so much for being with us today. It was great to be on, and uh, I appreciate you putting this information out. It's well needed, so thank you. If you've been trying to start your own family and haven't had success, you're not alone. Millions of people just like you are experiencing the same very personal and painful frustration. Infertility affects men and women equally. The Missouri Center for Reproductive Medicine, MCRM Fertility, can help. MCRM accepts most insurance and you don't need a referral. They offer the most advanced science and technology, including exclusive techniques and the embryo scope. Check them out at mcrmfertility.com. And that will conclude today's episode, specifically focusing in on utilizing the ketogenic lifestyle and the keto diet to improve your health 
and hopefully also your fertility. A special thank you goes out to Chris Crystal joining us here in studio and Dustin Schaefer, who joined us remotely today from California. Additional information will be included in the show notes, again, with the links to gather more information from both Dustin and Chris. If you have any specific questions that you'd like to specifically reach out to them regarding the keto diet. Also, you can all email your questions to me at questions at focusonfertility.net. Also looking for your suggestions on any topics that you might like to hear covered here as well. Please remember, you can always listen to previous episodes by visiting us at FocusOnFertility.net or by following us and searching for us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and Podcast One. Thank you and have a great day.